Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Los Angeles authorities this morning will perform an autopsy on the body of Dennis Wilson, the Beach Boys drummer and one of the singing group's founders. Officials say he was found less than 15 feet of water. Here they are with a big hit number. I get around. The Beach Boys! The Beach Boys are one of the most iconic bands in American history. Their 20 years together produced 35 albums. The band's drummer, Dennis Wilson, was the golden boy of rock and roll. Dennis was the quintessential teen idol. The girls just went crazy for him. All he would have to do is give a little toss of his head, and you would just hear the scream uh, through the whole audience. Despite the band's squeaky clean image, Dennis was notorious for his adrenaline-fueled, danger-filled lifestyle. He lived the live fast, die young credo to the limit. And on December 28, 1983... Can you hear me, Dennis? Dennis was pulled out of the water in the Marina del Rey Harbor. Investigators don't know exactly what caused the drowning. He vient de perdre son batteur, Denis Wilson, mort, dont les conditions restent suspects pour les policiers. Was this a tragic accident, or did something else go wrong under the water that day? Could Dennis's death have been intentional? Now, forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is taking a fresh look at the death of the drummer in one of the biggest bands the world has ever seen. Of all the Beach Boys, Dennis was the only one who actually surfed. He was clearly a strong and confident swimmer. So, how does someone who spent so much of his time in the ocean end up drowning in less than 15 feet of water? World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has conducted thousands of autopsies. He is routinely involved in the investigation of suspicious deaths, working closely with law enforcement agencies and other forensic specialists. He's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities and has been investigating suspicious deaths for nearly 20 years. After Dennis Wilson died in the Marina del Rey Harbor, an extensive autopsy was performed. And I have the autopsy report here. And I'm going to use this to piece together exactly why this beloved musician died so tragically in his late 30s. December 23, 1983, Los Angeles. Dennis checks himself into St. John's Medical Center for treatment. He intends to stay for 21 days. John Stebbins, Beach Boys biographer. Dennis was in a very awful place. He wasn't really in his band anymore. He wasn't really connected to his family. He didn't really have a home. I think that he was lost. Dennis has been kicked out of the Beach Boys for his reckless behavior. And despite just having had a baby, his fifth marriage to Sean Love the illegitimate daughter of Dennis's bandmate and cousin Mike Love, is on the rocks. She's staying in a motel since the bank has repossessed the boat that they lived on. Dennis has grown increasingly estranged from his family, including his brothers in the Beach Boys, his ex-wives, 
and his five children. Taking a first look at Dennis's body, he has a strong swimmer's physique for someone who's 39 years of age, and it looks in great shape. At first glance, I don't see any obvious reasons why he was found dead in the water just five days later. Born in Inglewood, California in 1944, Dennis's family was a musical one. At the age of 16, he formed the Beach Boys with his brothers Brian and Carl, cousin Mike, and friend David, who would later quit the band and be replaced with another friend, Al. They were a huge success, releasing two albums in their first year. Although a member of the hit-making band, Dennis's role within it wasn't always easy. Ed Roach, best friend and filmmaker. Dennis was a very good-looking, vibrant, dynamic guy. The middle brother was kind of, you know, thought of as the black sheep, the bad boy. Paul Lester, music journalist. They didn't recognize his having any talents as a musician. So when Audrey, their mother, insisted that they make Dennis a part of the group, they, the easiest thing for them to think of doing was just telling him to go grab a pair of sticks and pound on a drum. But he did have one big advantage over his brothers. Authenticity. David Marks, original Beach Boy. Dennis Wilson was the only Beach Boy that lived the Beach Boy life. He was the only one that surfed. He was the one that was into fast cars. Dennis was the embodiment of the Beach Boys. Why don't you introduce the guys? This is Brian Wilson over here. Yeah. This is Carl Wilson next to him. And Denny Wilson. Dennis taught himself to play the drums. But his creative voice in the band wasn't given as much weight as it deserved. He took a back seat for most of the band's trademark harmonies. By the mid-70s, Dennis's relationship with the Beach Boys was growing tense. The band's popularity was in decline, and the record sales were slumping. They were still singing about surfing, cars, and girls over a decade after they'd burst onto the scene. Dennis was frustrated that the band refused to evolve. The Beach Boys never showed him enough respect for his talents as a songwriter, so they would come to him and rifle through his material when they needed it, but they never paid enough attention to his talents, so it necessitated him striking out on his own and doing so a solo record. Dennis's first solo album, Pacific Ocean Blue, appeared in 1977 to critical acclaim. Rolling Stone, you know, they compared him to David Bowie and Springsteen and John Lennon. Although it was met with glowing reviews, six years later, something was hampering the recording of Dennis's second solo album. Dennis had a very gravelly, raw quality to his voice, but it, it deteriorated pretty quickly to the point where he could barely sing. I'm curious about what was going on in his body to have him lose his voice. According to friends, Dennis was a smoker, and I wonder if this had an effect on his vocal cords. Dennis started smoking cigarettes in high school. His track coach forced him to run the track every day until he promised to quit. He never promised, and he never quit. Smoking cigarettes back, you know, in the 60s was the thing to do. 
And yeah, he constantly had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And Dennis, of course, smoked the non-filter brand, which was even worse. You could hear him struggle to try to get notes. So it became more, ah. Losing his voice came at a time when Dennis needed it most. It showed a lot of his inside, his guts, his feelings. That was, you know, way off the original Beach Boys, you know, happy girls, son surfing cars. For Dennis, this is exactly what the Beach Boys should have been doing rather than attempting to recreate former glories. Dennis had gained independence from the Beach Boys only to lose it. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. Creative people very much use that creativity as an emotional outlet, um, as, as a significant part of identity. So in the case of Dennis, where he went from having this voice to, to literally not being able to, to sing anymore, would have no doubt um, impacted not just the way that he saw himself, I believe, but perhaps even an important resource for, for coping with stress. You know, he had trouble talking, let alone singing, and it had to have contributed quite a bit to his decline. And wanting to express himself to the audience and sing and not being able to anymore it was a tragic, a tragic thing. This type of impact can't be underestimated, and it could play a role in his death. But I'm in the early stages of my investigation, so I need to keep digging. The next thing I notice is that Dennis had scars all over his body, more than I would expect to see on the average person. So what I want to know is what caused those scars and did they have any bearing on his death? Dennis did everything more than any of the other members in the band. Everything to excess. He was ridiculously spontaneous. The only thing I guess you could expect from him was the unexpected. Our contract with Capital uh, forbade us to go surfing, motorcycle riding, anything that could injure us. So he had to change his name when he went car racing. He holds a couple of records in uh, drag racing. A few of these scars are described as being irregularly shaped. And I wonder if these are from an adrenaline junkie lifestyle or whether some of these scars may have another cause. Although Dennis played fast and loose with his safety, not all of his scars were from his adrenaline junkie lifestyle. Murray Wilson was the father of Dennis, Brian, and Carl. He was the first manager for the band and was notoriously critical of his sons. Murray was an unbelievably tyrannical father. Dennis often spoke to me of the abuse that he was subjected to from Murray. Dennis has said that one of his earliest memories is being smacked and thrown across the room by his father. That's, you know, one of his very earliest memories as a little boy. When a child is abused, they look for the reasons uh, for that abuse inside themselves. So they very rarely um, look at their abuser and think there's something wrong with them. 
And so what you see is that later on in adulthood, relationships are punctuated by not only a lack of feeling you deserve a good relationship, but um, a really unhealthy way of coping when you feel things are going wrong. Whether these scars are from childhood beatings or from his dangerous physical pursuits, they're all old, and they tell me more about how Dennis had lived than how he died. There's something else in Dennis's autopsy that gives me an indication of how he lived. I can see that his liver was abnormally large and that it had fatty change present. I know he wasn't a diabetic, so I think it's likely that he would regularly consume large quantities of alcohol. If Dennis was drinking heavily before he got into the water, this would have had a major impact on his ability to swim. Dennis Wilson died late yesterday in Marina del Rey, California. For 15 minutes, friends desperately searched the waters for Wilson. He's a good swimmer. Good swimmer, yeah. On December 28, 1983, Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson was found drowned at the bottom of the Marina del Rey Harbor. Dennis was a strong swimmer and the only member of the Beach Boys who actually surfed. Expert coroner Dr. Michael Hunter is examining the autopsy report to determine how this seemingly healthy and fit 39-year-old ended up drowning in 15 feet of water. I can see from Dennis's autopsy that he had a fatty liver. And this is a clear sign that he was a heavy drinker. December 24th, 1983, Los Angeles. Dennis is one full day into what he intends to be a 21-day stay in a medical center. He's there to detox. This is one of his many attempts to quit drinking, but already he's growing restless. Definitely he was an alcoholic, renowned for always having a jug of juice with him, and the juice was either uh, Maya's rum and orange juice or grapefruit juice and vodka. When he would start on a new batch, he would walk out of the liquor store, pour half the bottle of juice down the drain and fill it up with alcohol. Looking at the toxicology report, I can see that Dennis was drinking heavily before he died. He had a 0.26%, and that's three times the legal limit. Alcohol not only impairs your judgment, but it can significantly slow your reflexes. A dangerous and deadly combination when it comes to water. Was it Dennis's alcohol consumption prior to getting into the water that led to his death? 1960s California. With the success of the Beach Boys, Dennis drank regularly from a young age. Imagine being a child and all of a sudden you're in a situation where you can do whatever you want and nobody's going to say much. I want to act like an adult. I think I'll drink and smoke and swear. Yeah, it's human nature for the most part. What started as teenage rebellion turned into a major problem. This drinking was definitely part of the rock and roll lifestyle when it started. But then, you know, once it gets its hooks into you, you're, you know, 
you are really faced with a, a massive challenge to try to get away from it. And being that he had all these emotional kind of deficit issues, self-esteem issues and all of these kinds of things, the alcoholism just, you know, was like the perfect saddle, saddle him up with the alcoholism because he's ripe for it, you know. I don't think that Dennis was ever able to really appreciate what life was offering him because of, the, of Murray had made him feel so inadequate all through his years of developing. It had a lasting impact on why Dennis was never able to appreciate enough, you know, the fabulous gifts that were laid at his feet. One of the things that a lot of the research shows about childhood trauma is that uh, kids that experience trauma during childhood are significantly more likely in adulthood to become addicted to alcohol, indeed have higher incidences of emotional and psychological illness. Although drinking alcohol and swimming are always very risky, Dennis was a seasoned drinker and a strong swimmer. And he'd been swimming under the influence of alcohol for years. So I want to know what happened on this particular occasion that caused Dennis to drown. The answer could lie in the toxicology report. And I can see that they tested for both heroin and cocaine. And according to family and friends, Dennis was a frequent abuser of both. I can see from Dennis's medical history that he frequently checked himself into hospitals for extended periods of time in order to try to detox. These are highly dangerous and debilitating drugs. And if Dennis had abused these on top of alcohol while swimming, this could easily explain why he drowned. December 25th, 1983, Los Angeles. Dennis has checked himself out of the hospital, only two days into his stay. It appears he's already falling back into old ways. Dennis Wilson was a wealthy rock star. He could have anything he wanted. One of the things he wanted was drugs. Cocaine was one of the drugs he took. He took cocaine in fairly vast quantities. He was very abusive with cocaine. It was in the later 70s when it was so prevalent in the music business that it became more of a problem for him. Dennis's drug habit had begun to affect his personal life and was one of the main reasons he was kicked out of the Beach Boys. Beach Boys gave him a number of ultimatums, basically. Dry out or, you know, you can't be on the tour. And so he would, and then he'd come back to the tour and slowly, you know, fall back into that cycle again. Heroin and cocaine are seriously dangerous drugs, and taking them just once can actually be fatal. However, Dennis's blood test came back negative for both heroin and cocaine. He wasn't getting high on illicit drugs leading up to his death. There is, however, something highly unusual about a supposed accidental drowning case. When Dennis's body was removed from the water, 
His face had been badly beaten and bruised. And on top of that, the homicide division was alerted. And they're typically not called in on cases unless there is a suspicion of foul play. Investigators don't know exactly what caused the drowning. The search was conducted, but there's no apparent reason why this should have occurred. So if any of my listeners are like me, you have maybe started to notice that you have some gray hair starting to come in and it maybe has been a little while since you've been able to get to the salon or you're a little hesitant to try out just sort of a store-bought hair dye. Um, I know that sort of thing always makes me a little nervous. You never know quite what color it's going to turn into, but... What's great is now you can take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You really deserve gorgeous professional hair color and it gets delivered to your door starting at just $22. You know, for so long, women have only had the options of going to the salon or using a store-bought kit. And I think that Madison Reed has really changed the game here with the different amazing colors that they have and being able to just find it online using their website. You can go through and pick your perfect color, find your perfect shade. It was really easy for me and I'm really excited to get these gray hairs gone and get a new hair color that really makes me feel excited and ready to take on anything. And what makes Madison Reed color really unique and why it's so great is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend all types of nuances of light and dark and warm and cool tones to create over 55 gorgeous multi-dimensional shades. So you will definitely find a shade that works well with your hair color. Or if you want to change it up, that's fun too. Um, you could <laughs> try a whole different color. Why not? Now's the time to do it. Um, find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. And right now, autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code last hours, L-A-S-T-H-O-U-R-S. In December 1983, Dennis Wilson was found dead at the bottom of Marina del Rey Harbor at the age of 39. An avid sailor and surfer, Wilson was no stranger to these waters. The drummer had been a strong swimmer. So the mystery remains as to what caused him to drown in shallow water. Dr. Michael Hunter, a world-renowned forensic pathologist, is investigating Dennis's death. So far, he has discovered that Dennis was consuming alcohol in the time leading up to his passing. December 25, 1983, Marina del Rey. Having just come out of rehab, Dennis is spending Christmas Day drinking. When Dennis was pulled from the water, his face had been badly beaten and bruised and the severity of these bruises and the distribution about the face tells me that someone did this to him before he died. Harbor Patrol boat was uh, flagged down. Police suspected that foul play was involved in Dennis's death. The homicide division was called, and media speculation was global that Dennis's death wasn't an accident. This speculation was fueled by Dennis's friendship with the soon-to-be notorious Charles Manson. Dennis and Charlie had the same quality. They both had charisma and could attract people. Obviously, one for good, one for evil. Are you all happy with your court? Manson and his female followers 
moved in to Dennis's house. Manson had this harem of girls that followed him around, that treated him like a, some kind of a messiah. You know, obviously that made an impact on Dennis. They wrote music together. Dennis even recorded a Manson song for the Beach Boys called Never Learn Not to Love. The relationship turned sour when Manson found out his song had been tampered with and that he had not been given writing credit on the album. Manson was extremely upset with where Dennis had taken the song as compared to what he had wanted to do with it. That was when the real serious threat started. Manson produced a, a bullet, um, showed it to Dennis and said, this is what might happen to one of your children if you don't play along. Dennis was absolutely terrified. Having seen Charles's darker side, Dennis cut ties with the Manson family. Later that year, Manson and his gang perpetrated some of the most notorious murders in history, violently killing nine people. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to think about it. He just wanted to hide from it. Just an awful, awful thing. And I think it really haunted him. Despite Dennis's connection with the mass murderer, further investigations into the events leading up to his death meant the police quickly ruled out the possibility of homicide. And I agree with the investigators' findings. The bruises on his face are at least two days old. And this was not a murder. I still want to know why Dennis was beaten so badly. I want to know what happened and whether he sustained severe head trauma that could have led to his drowning. If these wounds were serious enough to cause a concussion, then this might explain why he drowned. December 25th, 6 p.m., Santa Monica Bay Inn. After spending the day drinking, Dennis goes to a party where he knows he'll find his wife, Sean. Their relationship is on rocky ground because of Dennis's addiction issues, but he's trying to make it work between them for the sake of their new son, Gage. He really wanted to give the devotion to Gage that he was never able to give any of his earlier children. He left the rehab because of wanting to be with Sean on Christmas. When Dennis arrives, Sean is with another man. Oh, what are you doing with my wife? Dennis was the kind of guy that if there is a potential for a confrontation, he did not back down. In the fight, the fella struck him over the head. Dennis was definitely a, a very jealous person. I mean, in spite of the fact that he was such a ladies' man, he didn't like anybody else crossing into his territory. December 26, 1983, 3.30 a.m. 
Dennis goes to another medical facility where a doctor tends to his injuries. The years that Dennis was with Sean was kind of a, a rough and scattered part of his life. He was kind of deteriorating as a human being in general. Dennis's injuries must have seemed pretty gruesome. But when I look at what's written in the report, he doesn't appear to have anything that's lethal. There is no evidence of direct brain trauma, and the injuries seem to be superficial. So I'm ruling out concussion as a contributing cause to Dennis Wilson's death. December 27, 1983, 24 hours before his death. Dennis checks himself out of the hospital the next day, against doctor's advice. He goes to see his friend, Bill Oster, who keeps a boat at Marina Del Rey Harbor. Bill is a good friend, and Dennis knows he'll be able to crash on his boat for a few nights. I can see from Dennis's toxicology report that he was tested for Valium. There's also witness statements that say that he took some of this drug in the days leading up to his death. Valium is prescribed to treat anxiety disorders, such as panic attacks. And according to family members, Dennis was suffering from these issues. I saw him experience a lot of very uncomfortable panic attacks. The panic started uh, right from an early age, right from the abusiveness of his upbringing. As a teenager, Dennis suffered a panic attack that was so severe, he had to be sent home from the Beach Boys tour and hospitalized. During a panic attack, adrenaline is released into the bloodstream which causes feelings of panic along with a host of bodily changes such as increased heart rate, shortness of breath, sweating, and dizziness. What happens physiologically is that our body's preparing to either run away or fight. Our heart stops beating faster so we can kind of oxygenate our blood. Um, we become very focused on the thing that we're afraid of, which is why everything else blurs out of the way. We begin to feel nauseous. We begin to feel a huge sense of anxiety. Looking further in the toxicology report, I can see that Dennis tested negative for Valium. So the Valium witnesses saw him taking must have been at very low doses for it not to show up in the toxicology analysis. Also, there is no evidence that Dennis was suffering from panic attacks as an adult. So the question is, why is he taking an anti-anxiety medication? Things didn't go well for him there. They weren't going very well for him. Dennis had mismanaged his money to the point where it was gone, and his addiction problems were preventing him from rejoining his family in the Beach Boys in order to make more. By the end, he had burned them one too many times. He was basically persona non grata. They didn't, they didn't want him there, it was too disruptive. His boat, the Harmony, had been repossessed by the bank. 
which had left him homeless. Dennis had gone from having everything to losing everything. The feeling of hopelessness and helplessness, it's often associated with very sort of severe states of depression. That's where you kind of see suicidal ideation coming up. It's, it comes from a place of feeling that there's, there's no other choice. I'm concerned about Dennis's emotional state and the amount he was drinking in the days prior to his death. And I have to ask the question, was his death deliberate? The music that he wrote was very intimate. He was in agony, and you can hear it. In one way, it kind of felt like he was already dead. Wilson drowned yesterday at Marina Del Rey. He was located at the bottom in 12 feet of murky water. On December 28, 1983, news outlets started to report the death of Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson. As yet, there's no explanation for the drowning. The general public was left wondering how this avid surfer drowned. Celebrated forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has found Dennis was drinking on the day he died, but doesn't believe it was the sole cause of Dennis's death. Dr. Hunter is looking further into the autopsy report to determine what else was going on the day Dennis died. I'm concerned about Dennis's mental state at the time that he died. He had a difficult childhood. He was kicked out of the Beach Boys, his marriage was on the rocks, and the boat that he was living on was repossessed. That would be enough to tip almost anyone over the edge. Did Dennis Wilson commit suicide? Dennis Wilson no longer owned a boat at the marina, but he still spent a lot of time here visiting friends. I think there's a real poetic irony there. He dies um, where his favorite, you know, boat in the whole world was moored. And there's something about that boat and always returning back to it when he felt down, always finding solace on it. He was certainly, it sounds like he was in pain, and he was seeking that solace. Oh, Dennis loved his boat, the Harmony. It was the true love of his life. It was tragic. He really was never the same once he lost that boat. That was kind of like the final straw of, of any peace in his life. December 28, 1983, 9 a.m., the morning of his death. After having checked out of his second treatment facility in a week, Dennis has spent the night on his friend Bill Oster's boat. Committing suicide by drowning is difficult. The body has a natural tendency to come up for air. And typically people will weight themselves down to accomplish this. Now, in this case, that didn't happen. We do know that Dennis Wilson had a fragile emotional state, but he didn't weight himself down and the investigative record just simply doesn't support a conclusion of suicide. 3 p.m. After eating some lunch, Dennis decides that he wants to go hunting for treasure. He loved everything. He was always taking risks, always wanted to do adventurous things. Dennis is hoping to find some items that had been thrown off the Harmony a few years earlier during a heated fight with his ex-wife, Karen Lamb. Dennis's relationship with Karen Lamb was incredibly volatile. What about our marriage? But at the same time, I think in many ways he saw it as the one perfect love of his life. 
that he aimed to recapture towards the end of his life. Three o five p.m. Dennis searches the water for pieces of his past life. Dennis was a die-hard romantic. <laughs> I mean, like a very deep romantic. You can tell by listening to his music, the songs that he wrote, the lyrics that he came up with, very romantic and very sentimental. Three twenty p.m. Dennis emerges triumphant. He's found a photo frame on the marina floor that used to contain a picture of him with Karen. The water is frigidly cold, so Dennis decides to warm himself before diving again to search for more objects. Dennis was like a fish. He was in the water all the time. California has its cold water areas. I don't think he was any stranger to swimming in cold water. Beautiful water. 4 p.m. See ya. Dennis decides to get back in the water. Four fifteen p.m. Dennis Wilson is seen alive for the last time. Four thirty p.m. Dennis has been in the water for half an hour. And hasn't been seen in the last 15 minutes. Bill Oster begins to worry that Dennis hasn't surfaced. Mayday, mayday! He calls the harbor patrol, who begin to search for Dennis. Thank you. 5:30 p.m. Dennis Wilson's body is found at the bottom of the marina, in the slip where the Harmony used to be moored. Dennis, can you hear me, Dennis? He is pronounced dead at the scene. Wilson, a native of California, was the only true surfer among the Beach Boys. In fact, he was the one who gave the band its name. You see in films when a flock of doves are released of,、uh, as somebody dies. It was during an afternoon get-together aboard this boat. It was almost like I saw white doves fly off with the soul, and I knew instantly that I had lost them. That that he was gone. They conducted a search with two divers. They brought in. I always had the notion that something bad was going to happen to Dennis. Drowned in that water late yesterday. Some drinking had been involved, they said.、Uh, when I heard the announcement on the news, I just didn't want to accept that there was a chance that he had died, and I didn't really accept it. I just got drunker and drunker until one day I just broke out in tears, and、um, so I, I just、uh, was in denial for a long time. On January fourth, nineteen eighty-four, the U.S. Coast Guard buried Dennis's body at sea off the California coast. As the family didn't wish for his body to be cremated before burial, a personal dispensation from President Ronald Reagan was required to make the funeral possible. It's clear to me, based on eyewitness testimony, that Dennis's death cannot be considered to be intentional. His death from drowning. Is accidental. I need to look at outside factors that might have caused Dennis to drown, 
and California is relatively warm, but his death occurred in December. So did hypothermia play a part in his death? Alcohol may make the body feel warm, but it also causes the dilation of blood vessels, and this results in excessive heat loss from the skin surface. It can also affect Dennis's judgment about the need to get out of that cold water. Hypothermia occurs when the body loses heat faster than it can be produced. When the body temperature drops, the heart, nervous system, and other organs can't work normally. Left untreated, this can eventually lead to a complete failure of the heart and respiratory system. December 28th, 7.45 p.m. Paramedics make an incision above Dennis's liver so that they can accurately gauge his inner body temperature. It does get cold in the winter in California, and you have to wear a wetsuit if you're really, you know, that into surfing. Um, you can, you know, get hypothermia, so you wear the wetsuit like the divers do. Cold water can cause the body temperature to drop, causing hypothermia. And if Dennis's body temperature dropped too low, he could have passed out and drowned. I can see here that the water Dennis was swimming in was a frigid 58 degrees. If he was in that water for any period of time, say over an hour, that could have easily led to unconsciousness and death. Dennis's body temperature was a stone cold 80 degrees. Unfortunately, that temperature was taken two hours following its recovery from the water. So it's impossible to say whether his body was cold prior to his death or continued to get colder after its recovery. From the witness accounts, I don't believe that Dennis was in the water long enough to become hypothermic, but I still need to find out what actually caused him to drown. And I believe I found the final piece of that puzzle. Beautiful water. Dennis Wilson died at the age of 39 in Marina del Rey, California. Dennis Wilson had been drinking for several hours with friends. The Beach Boys have created the first big wave. The world was stunned at how the all-American surf-crazed drummer of the Beach Boys ended up drowning in 15 feet of water. Can you hear me, Dennis? Coroner Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating the death to see what caused this tragic passing. I know that Dennis was drinking in the hours leading up to his death and that his blood alcohol level was extremely high. I'm also aware that he's well-practiced at swimming under the influence. I'm convinced that there is something else that happened that caused Dennis to drown. And I think I may have found the answer I've been looking for. Looking at all the evidence gathered, I believe Dennis died after suffering from something called shallow water blackout. It's fairly rare, but it's been increasingly recognized as a cause of death in strong swimmers who are engaged in free diving in water typically less than 15 feet in depth. It's linked to hyperventilation techniques that divers use to remain underwater longer. 
We have a natural reflex to breathe when carbon dioxide builds up in our bodies. But when someone hyperventilates, our CO2 levels actually go down, resulting in the breathing reflex no longer being there. Without enough oxygen in our bodies, the brain goes into cerebral hypoxia, a starving of oxygen in the brain. A common consequence of this is fainting. When this happens in shallow water, if the person is not pulled out within minutes, it leads to certain death. Swimming in cold water would have meant that Dennis was consuming oxygen at a much more rapid pace than normal. And the fact that he's intoxicated would have affected his reflexes and particularly his judgment. As Dennis was trying to recover lost items in the water, I believe he intentionally hyperventilated before his dive, decreasing the amount of carbon dioxide in his system, resulting in an oxygen-starved state. This led to him passing out and ultimately drowning. Although tragic, I don't believe Dennis would have felt pain or suffered in any way. I can remember hearing that he had drowned and just the irony of him, of all people, drowning. On the day that he dies, he goes searching for treasure. And this treasure is actually mementos from his life. Why is he doing this? Part of it may be a reconnection with the past. Witnesses say he dove into the marina and it was the last time they saw him alive. This was a tragic accident. Dennis attempted to hold his breath for an extended period of time, making him susceptible to shallow water blackout. In trying to find lost items from his past, Dennis unknowingly eliminated his future. When I think of Dennis, what comes to mind the most is uh, how alive he was when he was alive, you know. Life was so exciting and such an adventure with him. All of these years later, it's still a difficult thing to, uh, to not have him in my life anymore. What I miss about Dennis is being put under his spell and him dragging me along on his adventures. I miss the way he was able to just cause everyone to fall in love with him. He went into the darkness and that was it. But what he left behind, it's important and it's really real and genuine because of his heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.